you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked on Dodgers. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on, your team, every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Marine Fiends, back here again another week with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, the series didn't end how we may have wanted, but the series overall was a pretty good win. Yeah, it's hard to complain about winning three out of four and outscoring the opponent, uh, what was it, 33 to 15, 16 on the, on the weekend, so... Uh, yeah, sure would have been nice to sweep the series, but no real complaints. We will get into a little bit on the series. We'll get into a couple of players that stood out, and then we'll get into a rant from Jeff, which is always welcomed, about a uh, topic to be later determined. Uh, just keep that on your mind that Jeff will be ranting later. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car, if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, the Dodgers, like I said, took three out of four from the Rockies. There was, I mean, there was a lot of positives, but nothing ridiculous that, that, that stood out. We got a couple things in our back pocket to talk about, but before we get into those, anything you want to bring up or, or what you saw from the series? No, we've talked before about how it's hard to take too much positive or negative from a series at Coors Field. Uh, I think my favorite thing about this series is that it was the only series the Dodgers have to play at Coors Field this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all things considered, uh, there were some guys who were slumping going into the series who had uh, – solid series maybe not spectacular but solid and and maybe that uh maybe that carries over other than that really the goal with any course field uh series is to survive and not get too high or low over it uh but all you know the the rockies are the only team to beat the dodgers in a series this year and it's kind of nice that still overall on the season the dodgers won seven out of ten from the rockies so uh the Rockies were who was on the schedule, and the Dodgers took care of business, so uh, I feel good about it. Yeah, pushed the Rockies even further away from playoff contention. The, there's still a lot of teams uh, up for that eighth spot, so we can't really get into a potential playoff opponent yet looking ahead. So we'll just kind of let the week play out and, and see where that goes. But one guy that did stand out this weekend is Clayton Kershaw, who had another strong start. Uh, especially in Coors, a uh, pretty good start. And just looking back on his season, he's had a very strong season. And as a whole, you know, he, if there wasn't a couple guys who maybe were pitching lights out above him, uh, he would be right there in the thick of the NL Cy Young race. Even with that, he's still right there in the, in the NL Cy Young race, just not quite uh, maybe a, a top two or three contender. But yeah, Jeff, what do we, what do we see out of Kershaw? What do we like? Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those frustrating things about the shortened season because, uh, like, for example, Corbin Burns, is that that dude's name on the Brewers? 
uh, something like that. He was terrible last year. He's been awesome this year. Uh, he's a guy who you would definitely expect to come down to earth a little bit in the second half of the season if there was going to be a second half of the season, but there's not. Trevor Bauer has been excellent, but, you know, uh, Kershaw, I would, assuming he could stay healthy over a full season, I would expect him more to kind of stay steady and, and maybe would have a better chance of winning the Cy Young in a full season than he will in the 60-game season. Uh, but he's going to get Cy Young votes, and that's, uh, you know, that that's a big deal. We've talked a lot about last year's season for Kershaw was a season that most pitchers would love to have, but for Kershaw it was a major step backwards. And uh, every, in every way this year has been a step forward again for Kershaw uh, between picking up some velocity on his fastball again, just overall performance. Uh, he seems to be enjoying it a little bit more even. And so all things considered, as a, a huge Clayton Kershaw fan, it's been really fun to watch. And and I hated him pitching in Coors because I you never know what's going to happen. Last year, uh, it did not go well for any of the Dodgers pitchers when they pitched in Coors, basically. Uh, but yeah, he came in and, and it looked like it might be garbage. He gave up a run in the first inning that really shouldn't have happened. A little stupid fluke double and then a stolen base that he should have been out and then scores on a ground out. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. And then it wasn't. Kershaw's just said, okay, you got your run. Now I'm just going to shut you out for the next six innings. You know, last 15 games, he has a 2-1-5 ERA, but then you just go last seven games, he started. He's 5-1 and one with a 1-8-3 ERA, a .68 whip, 47 strikeouts to seven walks. I mean, even with the diminished stuff and subsequent better stuff than he had last year, I mean, it's just night, kind of night and day even from last year, where last year he had a little bit of a home run problem. He's kind of remedied that and just, you know, had different, He's had stuff working more often this year. You know, there there was days last year where he would only have one or two pitches working this year for the most part. He's he's kind of had everything in sync for the most part. And if he hasn't, he's been able to gut his way through. And I think that's kind of where the main part lands for him is that when he hasn't had his ma- all his three pitches working, he has been able to gut through, whereas last year he wasn't really, you know, he, he did gut through, but it was kind of more of a definition of gut where it was, you know, six innings, four runs, uh, with you know three solo home runs or something like that, whereas this year when he's getting through, it's six innings with no runs or one run and and kind of pushing through. So that's kind of where the biggest step is. And he kind of add, I mean, this type of Kershaw adds a different look for the postseason than previous years. You know, obviously going back all the way, Kershaw's been more dominant before and stepped into the playoffs as the clear number one ace but this year he gives that a different look on that end and with Bueller he kind of pairs up as co-aces and he'll go into the postseason having thrown 60-ish innings in the regular season instead of 220 or whatever so fresh wise he should be good his numbers could be better right now if the bullpen had picked him up a little bit in his previous start and uh yeah the main thing he's done to limit his home run problem was just not give up fly balls anymore he just became an extreme ground ball pitcher which is awesome yeah, it's been all all good. Another guy that's that's been good recently that last week talked about he had struggled a bit, but he's picked it up is AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock in his last fifteen games is hitting two eighty eight with an OPS just around nine hundred. He had struggled there a little bit for a while. We had talked about maybe the, the shine was wearing off or the you know the, the strong start was wearing off and maybe he was starting to level out, but he started to go back to that to that uh early season Pollock and continue to be a force in the lineup. So that's good to see. 
for sure. And it's, it's one of those things where I've just kind of accepted I'm never going to feel super confident with AJ Pollock at the plate, but as long as he keeps producing, I don't really care. Um, hopefully he doesn't get into a slump like he did in the postseason last year. Uh, hopefully he can keep staying strong. The big thing really is laying off that slider six inches outside from a right-hander. Uh, if he can lay off that, which he did uh, a few times this weekend, it looked really good. Uh, he, he's still... I, I don't know if he'll ever get to the point where I think, oh, I'm glad A.J. Pollock's up, but uh, the results have been there, and uh, I don't need to feel confident as long as the results are there. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at is is in a key situation. Do I want to see Pollock? Maybe not, but the fact of the matter is I'd rather see Pollock than some other people that have been uh, in the lineup recently that we've talked about. So as a whole, the numbers, like I said, the numbers are there, and I feel a little bit better uh, he has been better laying off laying off the bad pitches recently. Uh, you know he's always going to have here and there where where he he chases stuff, but it's been better all around. So that that's been good to see from AJ Pollock. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Jeff. That that'll do it for that part. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about what we want to see this last week and your rant on something that will be revealed shortly. But before we reveal that, let's talk about. Indeed. Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you people fast, not just people, the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts. So basically, if you're looking for someone to hire, you can put it up there. If you're not looking for someone to hire, you don't have to be paying randomly and 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 have things just kind of floating out there in the in the sphere of the internet. You can just pause it and let it go. There are sponsored jobs, which have been shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. So take advantage. Go right now. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. After you do that, you can go get you some built bars. Maybe you know you're either looking for a job or you just boosted a job looking for someone to hire and you need a nice little snack to reward yourself. You can get a built bar, which are back and better than ever, more delicious. They got shiny packaging now, they got new flavors, they got everything you could need in a protein bar. Built bar has got it, they're covered in chocolate all of them some have nuts some don't they're soft and easy to chew they're healthy if you're on keto they're great for keto if you're on low carb they're they're great for low carb if you're in a high protein diet they got a lot of protein if you need some fiber maybe to regulate regulate your body they got the they got the fiber so anything you need built bars are there for you they got usually less than five grams of carbs, five grams of sugar. And so anything you need from a protein bar, Built Bar has got it. And right now you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
and keep it locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, we are going to get into our obscure former Dodger. I'm not sure if I've done this guy before. It's very possible that I have, but he remains relevant in the current climate or current times. And so we're going to do him again if I have already done him. And that's Ricky Nolasco. Saturday was the seventh and seventh year anniversary of when the Dodgers won the division in Arizona and ended up going swimming. Uh, I believe I've told my story on here before, but if not, I was at that game and was actually able to see them run into the pool, even though all the fans had been kicked out by that point. We, Me and my cousin had a hid in the bathroom and were able to see it, even though my phone was dead, so I don't have proof. But you got to take my word for it, which my word is, is worth it uh, in this in this regard. But the person that started that clinch game was Ricky Nolasco, who the Dodgers had acquired earlier that year from the Marlins. And he had a pretty good time. He, he started off pretty hot, uh, maybe tailed off toward the end. That game specifically, he didn't do that well. He, he, he didn't end up uh, sticking around. The Dodgers had to come back. And then A.J. Ellis had the big home run to put them ahead. Off Josh Cole mentor, but yeah, Ricky Nolasco came over to the came over from the Marlins, pitched the rest of that year with the Dodgers, was eight and three with the three five two ERA with with uh, fifteen starts. He ended up going to the Twins after that, and then spent some time with the Angels before his career ended. Uh, he last pitched in the majors in twenty seventeen. The standout uh, thing for Ricky Nolasco, so his name is Carlos Enrique Nolasco, but he went by Ricky Nolasco. And it's funny because it says that he goes by the first name Ricky because his father named his son after his favorite Dodger, Rick Monday, even though Rick Monday's name was not Enrique. But I guess, you know, the nickname Ricky stuck uh, because of Rick Monday. Nolasco did grow up in the L.A. area. So when he came to the Dodgers, it was kind of a homecoming of sorts. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff, Ricky Nolasco spent a couple, like I said, not too long with the Dodgers. Ended up going up about his business in other areas. Uh, but yeah, stood out that year specifically for having a good year, even though that specific game when the Dodgers clinched the division, he didn't factor into it. Isn't it funny that in Spanish there are two different names that can be shortened to Ricky, uh, Enrique, or Ricardo, uh, but those are totally different names in English. Henry and Richard are totally different, and you would never call someone named Henry Ricky, uh, but in Spanish, if your name is Enrique, you can go by Ricky. Isn't that funny? That is funny, and Enrique, the, uh, there's two forms. You can also go with Kike, like Kike Hernandez does. Yeah, uh, or or uh, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, and Ricky Nolasco, my only two things about him, uh, when he was still on the Marlins, I always got him and Anibal Sanchez mixed up, and it wasn't until Nolasco came to the Dodgers that I stopped getting them mixed up, and uh, he was born in Corona, which is where I was born. Uh, but he was born five and a half years after me. All right, Jeff. Um, so the Dodgers are, are heading into their last week. They got a series with the A's and then a series with the Angels to close out the year. Their magic number is still two. Did the Padres win on Sunday? Yeah, the Padres won in a in extra innings. Yeah, so the, the magic number is two, but that's pretty much inevitable at this point. Uh, besides clinching the division, which if they had won on Sunday and the Padres had lost, uh, they did start after the Dodgers were going to have a subdued celebration on the plane, maybe, or, or when they landed. Uh, but other than that, what do you, what else are you looking for the, for this last week of the season? 
Yeah, I expect the Dodgers are going to try to get into playoff mode this last week of the season. Uh, you know, the Mookie Betts and Chris Taylor both got a day off on Sunday. I expect Mookie will not get another day off until, you know, hopefully the very, very end of October. Um, uh, and things like that, I think we're really going to start to see Dave Roberts. I, I think we're going to be able to tell some of his thoughts about the postseason by what he's doing this next week, uh, these last six games, playoff use or bullpen usage, uh, who's starting where, who's pinch hitting, all those things. And, uh, and you had, I think it was Chris Taylor who said after Sunday's game that uh, you can't just kind of expect to flip a switch when the postseason starts. And, and so it sounds like the Dodgers mindset is, all right, playoffs start today. Uh, these games matter. It's kind of weird to end the season with six games against the American League West, but that's the nature of this weird season. The A's are very good and uh, entirely possible World Series opponent. Uh, obviously, things would have to go right in both leagues for that to happen, but it's a possibility, so so that series should be fun. And then the series against the Angels, even though the Angels are bad and the Dodgers are good, that often doesn't matter. And so... You know, I, I think what we're going to see this week is the Dodgers trying to end the season on a six-game winning streak and go into the postseason uh, with everything clicking, uh, whether that's for individuals or for the team. Yeah, obviously, if they can get everyone going, that'd be ideal. Uh, I think the, the, the big thing for this last week is is kind of what Mookie Betts brought up in his one of his interviews and kind of what we've seen since the Dodgers lost that first game in San Diego. Uh, Mookie Betts likened it to, to getting punched in the mouth, and he liked the way the team responded. Anytime Mookie Betts has been uh, the, the object of an interview this season, he's he's brought up the World Series somehow, some way, and, and once again he did that again, saying you know the Dodgers are focused on winning the World Series, and... You know, his focus is on winning a World Series. So you like the mentality that he's bringing. You like the fact that the Dodgers maybe took a little bit of offense of losing that first game in San Diego and responded pretty well after that, winning the rest of the series in the first three games of this Rocky series. Uh, so, you know, the, the mentality is kind of there in that sense. Uh, we saw Bellinger had a, a pretty decent weekend, so hopefully he's getting going. Uh, Chris Taylor, Mookie Betts, AJ Pollock, there's been a bunch of guys that have kind of been really hot the last week or so and even longer than that. So in that sense, it's pretty good. You know, the with the 28-man roster, the Dodgers are still locking down. The bullpen, there's a couple question marks at the at the back end of the bullpen. You know, Alex Wood might find his way on the roster, uh, but at least on my sake, hopefully not pitching too much in a series and a couple other guys that, that may be uh, pushing that way as well. But yeah, basically it's just lining up everything, making sure everybody gets their, their last start or their rest or whatever they need and guys kind of figuring it out before they head into that three-game playoff series with uh, could be any team right now. There's about four or five teams fighting for that eighth spot. Uh, so this last week is going to be maybe a little bit, not scoreboard watching, but maybe monitoring that scoreboard to see who they do end up getting that first round. One thing I'm interested to see this week that we'll probably talk more about later this week as we get closer to the playoffs is for this first series because it is only a three-game series and they can reset the roster with each series they're only going to need three starters for that first series which means they I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop one or two guys from the bullpen and add one or two guys to the bench uh, and and in that case Alex Wood is obviously a candidate to to be dropped there's a few candidates like that uh, but you know we'll probably talk more about that 
going forward. I did notice, I wonder if you've noticed, and maybe it's my imagination, but uh, after Trent Grisham's home run, uh, it seems like since then the Dodgers bench has been louder during games. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they they definitely put into they definitely put energy into it. Uh, not that they were lacking energy before, but you know maybe they they fed off that that Padres bench a little bit and, and wanted a little bit of that just to kind of give everybody love and and get that energy there because you know they're not going to have fans and that is going to change things a little bit in the postseason as it has already this season. So yeah, I have noticed that that they've been a bit more energized, rejuvenated maybe. Yeah, the Padres are definitely out-energying them in that first game. And I think maybe the Dodgers thought, hey, we can we can have fun too. Uh, in fact, we can have more fun because we're better at baseball than them. And so it's even more fun to be us than it is to be them. And uh, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Uh, all right, Jeff, I think that's it. You know, it was a solid weekend, but not, not too many standouts. Uh, lowlights or highlights it was just kind of a solid overall weekend you got anything else before we get into uh your your final topic no i'm ready to rant all right jeff is ready to rant so i'm not sure exactly what sparked it but uh it, it doesn't need much sparking as we've seen from from uh reddick and his wife the former dodger uh josh reddick so yeah josh reddick's wife was on twitter uh causing I don't even know where it started, but she had a lot of tweets, and obviously anytime she tweets, Dodger fans will be up on it and and having fun with it, and she plays into that for sure. Uh, You know, I think one of the the last tweets was, she said, since I have so many Dodgers followers for some reason, the last tweet was made for you. Uh, I won't go back to the last tweet, but she said, can't wait for the newest ways you tell me my husband sucks. Jeff, I believe you have a rant ready and waiting Oh, I think the last tweet was something about the fact that... Well, that's what my rant's going to be about, so I'll start by reading that. All right, have at it. Yeah, have at it. Yeah, uh, I think she woke up Sunday morning thinking, well, my husband is bad at baseball and looks like a weasel, so how can I distract people from that fact? And so she tweeted, Dodgers fans, quote, Astros are cheaters, bang, bang, in that alternating caps and uh, lowercase thing, like with the SpongeBob thing. Uh, And then also Dodger fans... OMG, we're so lucky to have Mookie. We love him. The rest of the world. Remember that time the Red Sox beat you in the World Series when cheating? And uh, so my rant here, Jet, if that is your real name, uh, I'm going to explain this in a way that a five-year-old can understand, and then maybe you can have a five-year-old explain it to you in a way that you can understand. Uh, What the Astros did and what the Red Sox did were actually two different things. And I'm going to read to you from the from the reports from the commissioner's office. You all know I'm no fan of the commissioner. Hashtag Jeff for commissioner. But the only information we have is what's in the commissioner's reports. So uh, if your argument is Rob Manfred covered up for the Red Sox, okay, that's a different conspiracy theory. You can put on your tinfoil hat. We can talk about that a different day. But for the sake of this discussion, we're going to take the commissioner's reports at face value and assume that what he said in his reports was something close to the truth. And what he said in his report on the Red Sox was, I find that unlike the Houston Astros 2017 contact in which players communicated to the batter from the dugout area in real time, the precise type of pitch about to be thrown, Watkins contact by its very nature was more far more limited in scope and impact. 
Uh, and then the next bullet point, I do not find that then manager Alex Cora, the Red Sox coaching staff, the Red Sox front office, or most of the players of the 2018 Red Sox knew or should have known that Watkins was utilizing in-game video to update the information that he had learned from his pregame analysis. Uh, so summarizing the Red Sox report, there was the Red Sox video guy was cheating and passing information along to the players and the players for the most part thought that the information he was passing along was stuff that he acquired not cheating but by actual video analysis before the game which is allowed so that's what happened with the red sox including the commissioner specifically saying most of the players did not know and had no way of knowing and we know that uh Mookie Betts, the Dodgers checked with the commissioner's office before they traded for Betts and made sure that he wasn't one of the guys who did know about it. Now let me read to you from the Astros report. Uh, Most of the position players on the 2017 team either received sign information from the banging scheme or participated in the scheme by helping to decode signs or bang on the trash can. Many of the players who were interviewed admitted that they knew the scheme was wrong because it crossed the line from what the player believed was fair competition and or violated MLB rules. Although the Astros players did not attempt to hide what they were doing from Hinch or other Astros employees, they were concerned about getting caught by players from other teams. Several players told my investigators that there was a sense of panic in the Astros dugout after White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar appeared to notice the trash can bangs. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Okay, five-year-old, five-year-old. Okay, so five-year-old. Red Sox, bad. Astros, much more bad. Astros all cheated. All the players knew they were cheating because the Astros are all a bunch of cheaters and weasels. And some of them even look like weasels, like Josh Reddick. The Red Sox, maybe a player knew, but for the most part, this was a video replay guy cheating and passing the information along. So if you are going to tweet at me, or at anybody, at Dodger fans in general, saying there's no difference between Mookie Betts and the Astros, what that tells me is that you lack an understanding of both baseball and basic general ethics and, uh, like, logic. And I'm sorry if you happen to be one of the hosts of Locked on Astros, who I also saw today was tweeting the same stuff that Mookie Betts should have reported the stuff. And I saw people say that about Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly should have reported it. How would Joe Kelly know about it? He was in the bullpen. Like if the position players didn't know about it, how would a reliever know about it? Uh, So I think that's good enough for a five-year-old to understand. And now five-year-old, please explain to Jet Reddick, if that is her real name, that she's a moron and I understand she has blind loyalty to her awful husband and I respect that, but she should probably put away Twitter until she has enough perspective to use her brain instead of her heart. How's that? That's great. I mean, the only thing I have to add on to that is, you know, if you cheated, you don't get, if your team cheated, you cheated, your husband cheated, whatever it is, there's cheating on your side. You don't have much way to go about it you know the fact of someone else cheated doesn't really help your case um you know the there's a a bunch of different facts that go with that but you're on the wrong side of this so they're just stay quiet let it happen the the astros as a whole have been bad this year obviously they've been struck by injury but you know nobody feels bad for them and and that's in the grand scheme of things obviously you're not rooting for injuries uh but yeah i mean if, if you're on the wrong side of it just let it go stop uh, the Astros' wives have tacked on to the part of 
enemy on their ends. Uh, Carlos Correa's wife has has done some things as well. So stop, just stop. You know, you, Dodger fans already didn't like Josh Reddick before the cheating scandal. So the fact that he was part of that team and the cheating scandal just makes him disliked even more. So there's really no grounds for Jet Reddick to stand on. Yeah, and Carlos Correa's wife shouldn't be allowed to talk because her marriage isn't even valid because they got engaged after they cheated the world to win the World Series. So that marriage has already been annulled. Sorry. So it's it's just bad all around. But yeah, I mean, it, the worst part of it all is that the AL West is so bad that they don't even have one other team. Just at 500, uh, just putting a, another team in there at 500 would have had the Astros fighting and, and clawing for a playoff spot this last week. Uh, but the AOS is so bad that they're pretty comfortably in that in a, in a playoff spot right now. Yep. All right, uh, Jeff, you got anything else before we head out for the first uh, day of the uh, day of the week? I don't think so. Dodgers have a day off today, their last day off of the season, and uh, yeah, and then start these last six uh, playoff preview games. Yeah, it'll be a, a nice series with the A's. They they did lose Matt Chapman, uh, but they're still obviously a, a contender for a potential World Series matchup. Then they finish out with the Angels. That series may not matter too much from a from a Dodgers standpoint in terms of division or anything like that. But it would still be nice to to finish out strong and especially would beat the Angels. So look forward to this week and then the playoffs start. Uh, after that so we'll get into that as the picture kind of clears up and we maybe have an opponent kind of locked in so we'll we'll be monitoring throughout the week thank you all for listening we'll be back tomorrow uh maybe we'll do a a mailbag episode since we do not have a game to talk about so uh look forward to that if you haven't already subscribed please do so Uh, itunes specifically if you have the means uh helps us out there rate and review as well and tell your friends tell your family all that kind of good stuff to to kind of spread the word our numbers have been strong but they can always be stronger so please uh, spread the word especially in this last week and with playoffs coming up there'll be a lot to talk about Uh, thank you all for listening we are on social media twitter and instagram at locked on dodgers jeff is on twitter at snydog i'm at vince samperio dms are open on all those accounts if you want to get a hold of us other ways to get a hold of us phone uh, text or voicemail at 323-863-LOCK, that's 5625, or email LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. D-I-C-D-O-D-O-D-G-E-R-S The team that's all hard. Oh, hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!